Today's reading is Mark chapter 8, um, and in film and television, we have this thing called a uh, plant and a payoff. It's when early on in a story, you kind of plant an idea, and then later on, you have a payoff where that idea comes back in a new and interesting and resolute way. Uh, and I think Mark chapter 8 is very much uh, a payoff for the first uh, section of Mark's description of Jesus' ministry, because we see a lot of the themes coming, smashing together. Uh, we see him feeding the 4,000, right? That again, he is, he is going to, in his compassion, provide physically, and he's going to do these wondrous miracles. And yet we see first um, attack and doubting attack. And I think it's always funny, the Pharisees demand a sign. And he's like, did I not just feed the 4,000, right? Like, what other sign do you want? Uh, and I love in verse 12, he sighed deeply in his spirit. Like, if you don't think Jesus has the full gamut of emotions, you know, he sighed deeply. He's like, ah. Um, and his question, right, why does this generation seek a sign? You know, um, I think that that's, I think he knows the answer, right? They're seek, the Pharisees are seeing these signs not as a reason to believe, but consistently as a reason not to believe. Um, you know, one of the criticisms that is leveraged against religious people is, right, that you just really want to believe what you want to believe. Um, but I think that that cherry-picking evidence base works the other way, too, and I was in that place. Um, that those who do not want to believe, they will always find another question that will keep them from believing. Um, and so he tells them basically this and he leaves. Uh, and I think that that is a crazy thing. And he left them, got into the boat again, you know, that there are people that where God knows Now we don't know, which is really important, but God knows they're not seeking him and maybe they're never going to seek him. Uh, and so we have attack and then we have misunderstanding, which is probably the boat that many of you are in, right? That the disciples are saying, wait, what's he talking about this leaven thing? Cause they beware the leaven and they think they're talking about bread. And Jesus is like, guys, guys, you not understand. <laughs> and I love that he just ends that uh, Mark, uh, just ends that verse 21. Do you not yet understand? Cause in one of the other gospels, um, they explain it. But here I think because Mark, that's his point. His point is not, you know, specifically what is uh, the teaching of the leaven. Um, his point is that, you know, even as these people who are following Jesus, they still don't understand. We see him healing uh, this blind man. Um, again, uh, beyond just a temporary thing, right? Uh, feeding their bellies. Now he's going to a lifelong thing from a man who is blind and goes into sight. Uh, and now smashing together, who do you say I am? And Peter responds, you are the Christ. And we know that this is correct because Jesus gives him the response, right? Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody what you've said. Um, because what does that mean? So Peter is correct. Jesus is the Christ. But he has not yet understood what does that mean. And so Jesus foretells his death and resurrection. And there is another question, which I believe that Mark is, is leveling and the Bible is leveling, not just to uh, the disciples uh, or to the crowd, but really to all of us. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? He's asking the crowds. He's asking his disciples. He's telling us, right? I am the Christ. That's what Jesus is saying. Nah, not, not me, Jason, right? But Jesus is saying, I am the Christ. So what is it that you're going to want? What is it, even if you don't understand, right? 
What is it that you're going to, what can a man give in return for his soul? That answer, of course, is nothing but what God can give for our souls. And that for the Son of Man to not be ashamed of us when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels, that, that is what it means to be in the gospel. I think that, you know, it is correct when we say that we are sinners and we are undeserving of God's love and we are incapable of saving ourselves. And yet we also have to understand that for those of you who are believers, that in the, in the salvation and sanctification work by grace of Jesus, he is unashamed of us. Right? I think a lot of times we take that sinner mentality into sanctification and Jesus is saying no, right? That um, if you are doing that right, he is not ashamed to call us his own. Um, and that is really powerful. And, you know, if anything, um, that is something to dwell on today, that God is proud to call you his own, um, despite our sin, including our, or including him understanding our sinfulness, he loves you and he cherishes you and he is unashamed of you in Christ.